Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. The Well, Melissa Hart wasn't available this Wednesday, so I decided to you know go back to the relief pitcher, J.C. Cole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, in all fairness, your discussion last week on Friday was more pertinent and timely than it would have been on Wednesday. Wednesday, people don't want to think about reality. We just want to have some fun and think about what we're going to eat, right? Correct. Correct. But I have to yes. tell you, I... Um, I'm not picking on any person, but yesterday I had a capital commission meeting. I said, I'm proud to serve at the pleasure of the governor on the, the capital commission for the state of Nebraska, which is where we gather and we determine how to make sure the capital is maintained properly. It's uh, educational for people who come. It's a, a very warm and inviting place to come and learn about the state government. And the reason I'm walking through this, and Jay and I talked about it yesterday, I'm not going to rehash a lot of that, but the reason I'm walking through this is because a year ago, we were, oh, and I forgot one part, we're in the middle of this heating and ventilation $40 million renovation to the Capitol, which is a seven, eight-year project. A year ago, JC, when we would talk to the persons in charge of all of this production, who does a fantastic job, Clark, I think is a, a great lead on all of this he was struggling with supply chain issues and i was just watching all of this unfold mostly from our conversations and uh now we're dealing with inflation we're still under budget but i could tell yesterday that from a year ago he was just stressed that we're not going to be able to get the supplies needed to do a reconstruction project yesterday completely relaxed feel and it's almost like as if, and I'm not just using Clark as an example here. It's almost like as if everybody feels like, oh, we got through that. Now let's get back to work. It's it's like the Bible says it's birthing pains. These little lulls of everything appearing to be normal are simply to lure us into what's really not paying attention to what's really coming. Am I right or wrong? Or what? what's your take on all of that? Well, I think you're spot on. I think that, uh, you know, um, we had these uh, interruptions, you might call them, except for uh, some of us are, these are the warning signs of the big one that's, you yeah. know, that, uh, you know, that the, the, basically the failure of the supply chain. Um, and of course, we come to that very famous kind of saying, we've been seduced by convenience. And, and we think that, okay, I need a building project. I can just run to Lowe's and buy, you know, uh, $4,000 worth of plywood. Well, what happens when that stops being supplied? And that, that's the whole thing. And there's, there's an awful lot of evidence showing that our supply chain is positioned to collapse. And nobody's doing anything about repositioning it. Well, the problem is that used to be if you go buy $4,000 worth of plywood, you better take a trailer. Now you can haul it home in a pickup. Yeah, that part's true. <laughs> and that part is true. And so, and, and, and uh, people think that this is inflation. Now you haven't seen inflation 
Inflation is when it's changing daily by, you know, 5%. It was, a, you know, I went over in the early years, right after the Soviet Union collapsed, and there were consignment shops. And everything was priced in um, uh, then Latvian rubles. And these were large numbers, um, um, but small amounts of money. And that they finally got so tired. Well, actually, before that was the Soviet rule. They got so tired of the price changing daily that they just put they put the dollar amount. And if you were paying in Soviet rubles, the exchange rate was at the cash register. So the dollar amount never changed. Right? That they're asking for something, and and you get up to the uh, register, and they say, "Oh, today." Um, one dollar is equal to 30,000 Soviet rubles, something like that. And, and so you get this, uh, they just finally put the, the calculation at the end. And that, that's hyperinflation. Right? Yeah, and, we can't and, even envision that. Unless you've experienced that, I don't think you right. have any clue what you just said. No, it's, it's, it's almost like financial, I hate to say the word, but financial rate. Um, that, you know, you, you know, it's just, you're bleeding dry, um, of, of your ability, your financial ability, right. And, and people haven't learned how do you protect from that? How do you stop the bleeding? And, and, and part of that is to go to a currency that doesn't have that problem. So in our particular case, it was the U.S. dollar or the at that time the German uh, Deutschmark mm -hmm. um, because they were quite strong. So I would keep my finances in U.S. dollars, right, and watch the Soviet ruble and the Latvian ruble hyperinflate. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm not so, going to pretend that I know what that feels like, <clears throat> but I did spend in 1998 a week in Mexico. And I was not in a tourist trap. I was in a Molicare, um, um, Muski, Malacor, Muski, Coila. I delivered eight bulls. That's why I went down there. And so I spent a week just in and around the area with the folks. And I did experience this, what you're talking about, where I had American dollars. And from one day to the next, you had to ask what, what they were going to give you in terms of an exchange rate. Yeah, and, and and the guy I was riding with, because uh, Jerry Perez was my uh, uh, tour guide, so to speak. He's the one who lined up the bulls and catered to me and made sure I had everything taken care of. We'd be driving around. We'd get pulled over. We literally got pulled over one time. And Jerry said in Spanish, uh, what'd you pull me over for? I wasn't doing anything. He said, I need a Coke. And literally he gave the guy whatever, 10 rubles, whatever it was, or not rubles, gave the guy uh What's pesos. pesos? He gave the guy 10 pesos and we went on our way. It's like, yeah. man, I'm glad we don't have that here. Mm. Not yet. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll get in. What I wanted to do this week was um, uh, give a couple of stories of my adventures. Oh, you know, excellent. Somebody goes, yeah. Somebody goes, you know, well, why'd you go over to uh, the former Soviet Union? And and I go, well, I was looking for adventure. <laughs> be, be careful what you ask for because you may find it. So, so I'll, I'll tell the, the 
Most people go to Vail and slide down a hill. (laughs) You you go to Lafayette, the collapse of the Soviet Union. I love it. So this is a shout out to Dewey, one of our listeners. He he thought that some of the stories were good. Um, Okay, so coming up right now, uh, 2023 are the advents um, before Christmas. So that would be December. Those are the, uh, the four Sundays before Christmas. And let's see. Advent is the season of waiting for expectation for Christmas, the birth of Christ, the nativity of our Lord. So we prepare our homes and hearts for four weeks before Christmas. So the first Advent is um, December 3rd. Second is uh, December 10th. Third is December 17th. And this year, it, it will uh, the last one will be December 24th, Christmas Eve. So anyway, we went over and here's, here's one of the stories. <laughs> Um, I got there in 92. We formed the Chamber of Commerce by 93. And our accountant, who was a Latvian American, worked for, for Coopers and Librand at that time. And, and uh, she came up with this great idea. Why don't we put up a Christmas tree? And we're like, great idea. Um, because there are none. There haven't been any Christmas trees for 50 years. Um you know, because Christmas was outlawed. Um, so uh, we, we scratched our head and we go, well, well we're going to have a problem. And the problem is, where can we put it? Because whatever we put on it will be stolen. <laughs> and, and we scratched our heads and we found a location. We go, ah, the U.S. Embassy was smack in the middle of Riga, um, uh, Riga City. Uh, and they had a fence and they had 24-hour guards. And we said, let's talk to the embassy, who we were good friends with, and and ask them. And he said, sure, put up a Christmas tree inside our fence, but people walking along um, the sidewalk will be able to see it. We will pick it up right there with people walking along the sidewalk. J.C. Cole, Christmas in Riga, after this. Let's talk about Apache sprayers. Once again, I want to talk about the reliability, the service aspect, particularly at Simpson Farm Enterprises and High Plains Apache. It's easy to get a machine with technology and innovation in today's world. But what we need is when they break down, there's issues. There's always going to be issues with machinery. You need somebody that you can trust. And I'm telling you, the machine is great, but the people make it amazing. That's the experience. Talk to anybody who's dealt with Simpson Farm Enterprises, and they'll tell you the people are what make it work. SimpsonFarm.com, HighPlainsApache.com, the Apache sprayer technology. SimpsonFarm.com, check it out today. Welcome back, Roll Route, Trent Loose, alongside J.C. Cole, walking us through his first Christmas in Lafayette. All right, so you've got this at the embassy, you've got it inside a fence, people are walking by looking at the Christmas tree, pick it up. Well, so so we had to set it up. And so we decided to have an event for the chamber members where we would come and decorate the Christmas tree and sing carols. And so that was a great plan. And what at that time, security was not particularly heavy um, for the embassies. And so they had a cafe in the basement called Mom's, Mom's Cafe, which was allowed to serve food and drink. So we decided to have decorate the tree and then go down to mom's and, and celebrate some hot wine and, and whatnot. Great plan. Couple of exceptions. Some of the members, um, more, um, uh, 
how would you say, not, not as controlled, um, went to, to mom's <laughs> early for happy hour. So they were well in, in the bag. By, by <laughs> They started at four o'clock in the afternoon. And by the time we got there to decorate the tree, they were already in, in the spirit. <laughs> and the second, uh, Ilona, who had set up the tree, didn't bother to tell us that it was 14 feet high. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, bring, didn't bring didn't bring a ladder nice so we had uh we had a, an incredible um uh, minister at the um the english-speaking congregation there who had an incredible voice and brought a choir so we actually had uh, i had uh, mentioned him to you he's out your way um uh his name is arden hay incredible minister and and so we had great songs going on and people were decorating the tree until it came time to notice that the, the higher parts the top of the tree wasn't decorated and some of the um, more inspirational guys decided to take the garland and tie it to sticks and throw it over the tree perfect <laughs> this sounds oh yeah like a recipe for a fallen tree and and at the same time, we had a very um, uh, conservative ambassador, and his mother was visiting, who was eighty five, and we only had we had gotten outdoor Christmas ornaments, <laughs> right? That were these big bells, plastic bells, and and we had to have them sent in because you couldn't buy them locally. And these like a ten inch plastic star to hang on there, and and, it's, and all of a sudden. We were going into a mayhem and, and a feeding frenzy at decorating these with this guy's throwing this stuff all over the place. <laughs> the ambassador is getting very upset, right? And and he looks at me and he goes, JC, I think it's time to end the decorating. <laughs> I'm there and I'm there looking at him as, as somebody threw a star trying to get it up on top of the tree. Goes oh, that, by, that would do whizzing, that would work every time. Using <laughs> by his his 85 year old grandma, I mean mother, almost hitting her like oh. like uh, you know like one of the Chinese uh, martial arts stars. And I'm there like going, ah! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, everybody. Tree's ready. Let's go. <laughs> Mission accomplished. So I, of course, you know, everybody headed down downstairs. So then the next morning, the tree looked like a Charlie Brown tree. It was the next morning I get a call from the embassy, JC. <laughs> I had to, uh, it was an administrative officer. I had to spend all morning redecorating the tree. But I'd like to point out, we put up, you know, you put up a sign, Ilona, you put up a sign uh, saying uh, uh, Merry Christmas from the U United States Embassy and the American Chamber of Commerce in English and in Latvian. I go, yes. He goes, the ambassador pointed out that Christmas is spelled wrong in English. <laughs> what? <laughs> So this is just part of these things. You have to double check everything, even if you're the top boss. So I called up this this lady, Alona, who did this, um, you know, had this all arranged. I said, please, please take down the sign and have it corrected. And she goes, no. <laughs> I said, no, I'm your, I'm your boss. I just told you the ambassador's upset. It's spelled wrong in English. How embarrassing is that for the embassy? I'm not going to do it. 
a friend did this for free. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh man. So this is these are just some of the stories that you get to have. Now. So so uh so leading on to it. You know, we, I'm uh, dying to know what letter was left out of Christmas, right? <laughs> Had to be the R. No, but I keep on I, I keep on thinking of the Alvin and the chipmunks. Christmas. <laughs> but, but, but anyway so we finally got the sign repaired and we went merrily along our way right um but a couple of years later all of a sudden the people in riga were just dumbfounded they, they had never seen anything like this and uh, the city started putting up some christmas trees right in the middle of walking streets and sure enough within, within about a week all the ornaments from from the ground level to six feet high disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> there right. You go. So, so, so that was one. So, you know, think about that though. We had the privilege of putting up a Christmas tree, the yeah. first Christmas tree since world war two. That's the pretty incredible. That is incredible. So later on, I'll, uh, each, each advent. So next week we'll discuss that. Um, some of the other things I did and some of the other adventures I had. <laughs> you know what we should have is we should have the Advent candles here and light them each week and so that you can make progress through this Advent season. Yes, yes. And, then, of course, it's a wonderful time to start celebrating some of the better parts of Christmas. And uh, You mean buying stuff, more stuff than anybody needs, that part? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and, I was being course, facetious for anybody that doesn't know. Buying stuff drives me nuts at Christmas. So, of course, of course, um, a couple other things as you we we discussed last year. Um, we had the biggest building in town, and and so we were the first first building to decorate with Christmas lights, which mm -hmm. really surprised everybody. And then I put up a full size um, manger or Krish um, nativity. Wasn't this a live nativity scene with actual it sheep? Was, it was a live nativity with actual sheep, which we will discuss later on in the coming weeks. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> right. And then also later on, we uh, I built um, with, with some uh, good friends, the first Christmas market in 50 years, hmm. which uh, had all kinds of stories with it. Yeah. But uh, leading on to what I call, we just touched on for Christmas and, and buying gifts is um, the prepper tip of the week, which, which I like to give. Buy something useful for your loved ones. <laughs> okay, useful. <laughs> if the system breaks, Okay, so so I have a couple of suggestions, such as a multi-tool, um, maybe a Coleman stove, uh, a gravity water filter. How about you can get on uh, the Internet and buy 50 Bic lighters? I gave that to one of my friends who was very successful, and he just loved the gift because nobody would think about buying 50 Bic lighters. <laughs> right? Yeah, 25 of them will even work. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and so you start you know, making them so cheap anymore. You buy 50 of them and half of them literally don't flick a flame. 
Well, if you, you, you actually, the Bic brand is one of the best, um, but uh, the cigarette lighters. And I stand corrected. I don't know that I buy Bics. I st- yeah, you're probably right. Right. And, and so, but, you know, Murphy, what you're trying to do is bypass Murphy's law. You know, Murphy's law says, you know, when you need a lighter, you can't find it. <laughs> so, so if you give somebody 50 of them, they can put a couple in the car uh, glove box. They can put them in the drawers. They can put them by the fireplace. They can put them everywhere. Right. Um, right. And of course, you know, gift, um, give the gift of uh, silver and gold. Um well, right. actually, I was going to back up there a minute because the first thought is, well, don't buy your wife jewelry for Christmas. But if you're buying her big old diamonds, diamonds will hold value like silver and gold, right? Well, actually, I would stay away from diamonds because of um, very, very simple is is um, you don't have the skill to identify the quality. <laughs> okay. Roll out second half just ahead. We'll explore our skills with more after this. Let's talk about Tender Beef Certified Piedmontese. Presents the opportunity for you, the consumer, to come to a plethora of protein at cpbeef.com and experience the most tender beef eating experience you've ever had. Now, The reason I can say that is because we utilize the Piedmontese breed of cattle, which originated in Italy. We won't hold that against them. But Great Plains cattlemen have utilized those genetics on their cows, and every animal through the system has one copy of the tenderness gene. That's what matters. This is done through nature and genetic selection, and it is working at delivering to you the most consistent supply of beef you can find in the market today. You don't need to go to the store. We come to your door. That's the motto at CP Beef. It's the Great Plains Cattlemen working and improving your life. CPBeef.com. Order today. Welcome back. Roll out, Trent Loose, with the cloudy diamond. Jason yes, Cole, and so- his microscope out looking at my diamonds. Right. So, so, and the other thing now is that they've been able to make uh, artificial diamonds that are very high quality, but you still, you don't have the skill to tell whether it's artificial or not. So the whole, it, 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 at World War II, yes, you put money into diamonds. In fact, I, I've heard of a woman who, who, um, to smuggle the, to, so that the Soviets couldn't take her diamonds or, or the Nazis, she would swallow them. And of course, they were inert, and, but she had to reclaim them every day or so. And apparently, she, you know, um, be, you know that the war was so so uh, difficult. She kept that up till the 1960s. She just didn't trust anybody, right? But um, so anyway, my That's here's a, a fascinating story, actually. Yeah, you know, it's like um, imagine that you you're so worried that people are going to steal from you and keep your wealth that you. So then the other the other thing is here here's a great thing like all you know everything's relative, including your own, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So you may have liberals in your in your family. No, right? no, I don't. Well, you're lucky. I I do. So my niece is quite liberal. So for Christmas, I gave her some ounces of silver. 
with Trump. Uh, <laughs> with Trump. <laughs> Uh, uh, stamped on the coin saying, you know, 2020. <laughs> she, so I gave her uh, a, a real a mixture of oxymoron kind of, you know, silver yeah. is valuable, but she, she couldn't stand Trump's face. <laughs> but the, the whole idea is to give him something valuable. How about a portable toolkit? You know, I, I, they're about $100 and they have all the, the beginning basic tools I, I tell you, I fix 80% of the things on the farm with that portable toolkit. Right. And then, uh, of course, there's a 72-hour pack, which um, basically is a pack of necessities in a small backpack that just sits there. And if you have to evacuate the home quickly, um, you, you just grab the pack and go, which we've seen in many different areas where um, fires are coming or or floods are happening, you know, or, or, you know, do you really have something where you can grab it when you only have five minutes? So Did it, and, uh, anybody, I received an email, JC, that gold has spiked in value in the past couple of weeks. Uh, gold has hit a new relative high. Yeah. I think it's just over 2000, 2050, I believe is what my email said. I think Ed told me that. Yes, and and so what? What's really my understanding is that the entire fiat monetary system is teetering on collapse, and part of the reason, to, part of the way to keep the dollar, the U.S. petrodollar strong, was to suppress gold and silver. Okay, so when that breaks what currency do you go to? So mm -hmm. I had this experience where the Soviet ruble collapsed, but we had other currencies. We would call them hard currencies, which were uh, the Deutschmark or the dollar to go to. But now we have no other currencies to go to if the, if the euro goes. And we're seeing some very bad um, happenings in the eurozone. And the euro and the dollar are basically tied to the hip. So my understanding, and I think it's it's correct, is that the euro when the euro collapses, that a few weeks later the dollar will collapse. Right? But then what happens when the world doesn't have a currency? <clears throat> and you, you see the are banks you telling me that my investment in pesos may not pan out. <laughs> It depends on if they are in silver. <laughs> <laughs> True point. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then, then you had this very interesting thing, for instance, what's legal tender? For instance, is, is the, if you had a silver coin and it was in euros, mm -hmm. it actually stamped on there that it's worth, you know, 20 euros or something like that. Is that legal tender in the United States? Well, the answer is no. Right. But if you had silver eagles, which were minted by the United States Treasury and and they're silver and it says on them, you know, I don't know, five, five dollars. Is that legal tender? And the answer is yes. Right. So so you, you, you you've got to look at these different things. Um, right. So if the system breaks, well, the only other currencies are 
basically silver, gold, um, um, and possibly some of the cryptos, which is a very dangerous area to get into, but possibly some of the cryptos. I still don't get my mind around that because I know that there's reported that some of those are going to hold and have value, but you don't know which ones. I don't know which ones. I don't understand the energy required to produce something such as a crypto. It's just not something I'm going to participate in because I can't get my mind around it. Well, well, it, it basically comes down to a very simple thing. What are humans going to use as an exchange medium? Yeah. And, and they you will know, always use pork bellies. And they will never refrain from a pork belly. Yes, the big problem with pork bellies is that you have to like have a refrigerator with it, and, and or carry. treat it like a diamond and eat it every day. That's that part's true, but you cannot you cannot really exchange everything for pork bellies. <laughs> right? Don't screw up my world. This is my world. <laughs> Right. So what that means is you have to have some chicken eggs also. <laughs> hey, my chickens have been in a molt for three weeks. I can't get any eggs out of them. It's a mess. Yeah, same with mine. Same with mine. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're tuned into what's happening in the universe. Right. So, so, uh, um, if Kelly found a source where his, he's got five dozen at a time. And I was like, Tim, what are you doing that we're not doing? Cause mine won't come out of this molt. Right. So so um, I kind of look at it this way that, that, you know, when the chicken is born, it has a set amount of eggs um, and already. And um, that if they're not producing right now, that's good. That they're storing it up for later. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm gonna uh, go so with that for, one. for anybody who wants to have the, you know, some ideas, um, just email me at, uh, you know, ahfarmsinfo.gmail. Uh, dot com and uh, I'll I'll send on the beginning important preparations which is a list of different books and other things to have um, you know so I give my friends you know I give my best friend a, a, a Coleman stove you know it's like why because I want them to eat if the electricity goes out and, well uh, if you had good friends like I do <clears throat> namely Mike Smith's Misky Welding he would bring you a rocket stove. You got a rocket well, stove? Go. I I don't have a rocket stove, um, but, I have, but I have I have an awesome I, rocket stove. I I have a bunch of Coleman stoves. Okay, so so Did they uh, run off of propane. Do you lock up on me again? I think uh, um, we did because I I ended up going into. Um, I'm on the internet versus uh, direct to uh, hmm. to. Uh, so your Coleman stoves are uh, propane driven, fueled. I actually have both. You have wood. Uh, I don't have a wood Coleman stove. <laughs> See, my rocket stove's wood. I can go out and gather wood and create a hot cup of coffee anytime. Well, we have we have um, we have both outdoor wood burners. Um, that are heating the house and we have indoor um, wood stoves. So I can just get some wood and fire up the old wood stove and cook on the wood stove. If I you have know, to. I'm going to take a picture of my Smisky rocket stove and send it to you today. Cause I think other people might want one. No rocket stoves are great. Um, 
but you, but you do have to think about you might have to cook outside. <laughs> I'm not right. sure your wife would allow you to uh, to st uh, start that baby up in the kitchen. <laughs> You'd be surprised what she's allowed me to do in 30 years. Well, you're still standing, so I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story right there. Right. So, you know, getting on to some of the news in, in, you know, let's see, power grid operator warns of total blackout due to uh, in the, um, the shutdown of a coal plant. Golden really? Shores, to be what? exact. Um, yeah. What, that, that's six. So you're included, by the way, in that little yeah. shutdown because there are 13 states, including Washington, D.C., 65 million people will be affected when that power outage comes. Right. Right. And then, uh, <clears throat> so I better have my rocket stove ready. You better have your rocket stove. I zeroed in on that article this week, and I don't remember if you forwarded it to me or not, but I've used that a bunch because people are just in denial. Every day I'm telling somebody, are you ready for intermittent electricity? Because it's coming. Right. Right. So, and then another one, a Michigan petroleum refinery hit by multiple explosions. Multiple. It's like going, okay, so little by little, uh, mm. our refineries are getting taken offline. Isn't that the first half of the story in Michigan, JC? Because yesterday the governor signed a declaration that Michigan would be net carbon zero, zero fossil fuel usage by, I think it's 2035. Yeah, I... I, I, I a bunch of states, New Jersey just signed that um, you won't be able to buy a, a gas, gasoline-driven car. I think it's by 2030. <clears throat> it's like, oh, really? Well, what are you going to do to the people in Pennsylvania who buy a, one and drive across the border? Yeah, <laughs> roll out. Last segment. JC Cole after this. Well, in today's world, many people are talking about nitric oxide as a part of healthy living, but Dr. Nathan Bryan steps in here because how do we know the difference between one nitric oxide supplement and another one, Nathan? Well, there's several things you look for. Is the people that are that are that formulated or backing that product ever published a paper in the nitric oxide literature? Do they know anything about the basic enzymology and biochemistry of nitric oxide? Because here's what people do. Put a lot of ingredients in a bag or in a capsule and call it nitric oxide. You have to understand how the human body makes nitric oxide. You got to understand what goes wrong in people that can't make it. And then you got to pro provide product technology that actually fixes the reason you can't make nitric oxide. If you're low in testosterone, you don't give precursors or things because you've lost the ability to produce testosterone. What do you do? You actually give the actual molecules. Same thing with women with hormone replacement. Full details and order the product at no2u.com. That's no number two letter u.com. Put trend as your coupon code and I pay the shipping. Wait a minute, that's not good. Welcome back. We're all right. Trent Lewis alongside JC Cole. $16,000 is what the cost is, uh, excuse me, of an electric vehicle over a gas-powered vehicle. And electricity in the past 12 months has increased by 13% nationwide. And that doesn't include replacing the battery. <laughs> Was that an electric battery that blew up on the border of Canada and New York last week in that vehicle? No, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Yeah, that's so suspicious that we've got to wait till the information. 
uh, yeah. heads up. Okay, so so here here's a really strange one. The United Nations head, uh, Guterres, I think is how you say his name, right? Takes a long fossil fueled flight to Antarctica. So what's the head of what's the head of the UN doing in Antarctica? especially considering Antarctica is not a member of the UN. Vacationing? Yeah, yeah, checking out the, the penguins. You know, um, and what, what's, he, what's he going to do? And investigate the, uh, the ice? And, and of course, the, the message is that um, millions of years of, of ice is melting due to human-caused global warming and send a message that we absolutely need to act immediately. And stop eating you know, meat. That was later. The UN demands Americans drastically reduce their meat consumption mm. uh, to meet World Economic Forum climate goals. You know what I have to say to that? Kiss my advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfectly placed. Now, I mean, you did see, like, hold on, before, because I know the head of the UN did not fly American Airlines to the Antarctica. Um, but did you, you did see that we now know 1% of the people in the world, the wealthiest 1%, emit 66% of the emissions? It, yes. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the rich and shameless who are, are claiming that we have to get under control our carbon use, mm -hmm. they don't have to. And it's like, like look, this is, this is all a bunch of, of uh, horse you know, manure mm -hmm. that um, what they're really doing is trying to force us into another control model because their existing control model uh, of fiat currencies is, is breaking. And, and, of course, they're also going to be exposed for the crimes that they did. And at that time, you're going to get the, you're going to get the peasant revolt of pitchforks and, and torches. And they know it's coming. They absolutely know. And that, that's why you have the U.N. guy saying we absolutely need to act immediately because they're running out of time before they're hung by the neck at the, um, by the, 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 the lampposts. Right. And, and so, so what was he doing in Antarctica? Who's in Antarctica that he had to uh, uh, bow down to? And th that's what's going to pop up. So, so how about let's uh, touch on this week in, uh, in history of significance. What happened? I got November one. The Go okay. ahead. Go, no, no, no. I'm going to answer this question. I'm, I know the answer to the qu first question. Okay. November 29th, 1963. Mm, that's not the one. Okay. U.S. President Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, sets up the Warren Commission to investigate the oh. assassination of, of uh, JFK. Okay. Yeah. So the man who, who benefited the most is setting up the commission to investigate who, who assassinated our, our, Kennedy, our president, yeah. uh, Kennedy. Okay, and added to the uh, the Warren Commission was John McCloy, former president of World Bank. Okay, now what he has to do with the investigation of a crime, I'm not sure. Well, he's protecting and of course, the Rothschilds' interest. 
and, and former CIA director Alan uh, Dulles, who was fired by JFK. <laughs> it's like, okay, so so you have the man who's hate, who hates JFK investigating who assassinated him, right? Probably okay, so, the two men who hate him the most. Right. Now, now we get to another interesting day, um, issue. November the 29th, 1967, so four years later. Uh, Robert, that's still not my day. Go ahead. Robert McNamara is elected the president of World Bank. And who was McNamara? He was the secretary of defense under JFK and LBJ. So, so you got this revolving door going on of the guys behind the conspiracy to kill the president. Right. So the Secretary of Defense is now the, the head of the World Bank, where the other former head of the World Bank was the guy who was investigating who killed Kennedy. What part of this, you know, can't people see? Okay, and then um, the other one, November 30th, 1993, President Clinton signs the Brady Gun Control Bill. You skipped one. How these things, huh? You skipped one. Okay. November November 29th, 1990, George Herbert Walker Bush signed a law that led to that 1993 law. Do you know what that law was? I'm waiting for the answer. Gun-Free School Zone Act. Right. Notice how it's all politically titled correctly. Gun-Free Gun School Zone yeah. Act. Right. Which so, was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, which in 1995, which led to the revision of that. And there had been three school shootings prior to 1990 that led to the 1990 Gun-Free Act, Gun-Free uh, Gun Zone School Act. And now the number of shootings in schools is ridiculous. Right. So let's get to President Clinton signs the Brady Gun Control Act. Well, what happens, James Brady was uh, one of the secretaries um, uh, when uh, the assassination of Reagan was attempted, and Brady got shot in the head, right? And he, he's, he, um, he, he survived, but he got shot in the head. So they used this as a, a reason to take away the guns. And he was shot in the head by John Hinckley Jr. What people don't know is John Hinckley Sr., was a business associate with George Bush Sr. So the son of a business association, uh, associate is who attempted to shoot Reagan, except for Reagan got shot by a member of the CIA. That's who actually hit Reagan. Hinckley was just the, um, uh, the decoy. And so this is, and, and now you've got these, um, look at who, who, who the Democrats who tried to push this bill before Clinton got it, right? And they're all, they're all um, by chance Jewish, like Metzenbaum, like Schumer, like, and a bunch of those. So why is it that Jews with their history of their guns being taken away by Hitler trying to force gun control on America if they don't know their own history. Of course, they're Zionists, they're not Jews. They're hiding behind it, trying to take the guns. You know, Diane Feinstein, right? I mean, think about that. 
and and I know personally Diane Diane Feinstein. So she has the privilege, but you don't. Right. Yeah. So hypocrites. I had somebody say to me this week, which I one hundred percent adamantly agree, and I had them listen to our program last week as a result of this statement. I'm beginning to think, Trent, that what is going on in the Ukraine is tied to what's going on in Israel. And I'm like, you think so, huh? Have you checked mm -hmm. out the Zionist in both places? Have you checked out, as Steve Schultz has shared with us, that Zelensky now has two $75 million yachts, two yachts worth $75 million that he had somebody else purchase from Florida? Where's he getting all this money? He's got an estate in Florida as well. We are right. being had, people, by both and, the leaders of Israel and the Ukraine. Yes, and, and, and got proof of that where Israel is giving the Azov Battalion Nazis support. So you have claiming to be Jewish supporting the Nazis. Right? This is documented. Right? And what they're doing is they're pulling the wool over honest Jews and they're ethnically cleansing Ukraine of Slavic Ukrainians by throwing them into the Russian war machine, and Russia's just defending itself, right? and, and they're trying to empty the homeland of the Khazarian kingdom so that people of Israel can move to Ukraine. They're trying to make it. And, because, and, uh, make and it. we're financing it with our taxpayer dollars. Correct. Correct. So who controls the United States Congress? Well, let's get back into Epstein and Maxwell's blackmail of over 70 percent of the people in Congress. And that almost everybody in Congress had to sign um, uh, a document, according to Cynthia McKenney a former congresswoman, to support Israel on spending um, of military aid. They've got the Congress blackmailed. Yeah. One minute. Well, seeing that we're right before Christmas, enjoy Christmas, right? And, uh, um, and give something useful. No pink bunny rabbit, you know, slippers. <laughs> right. Um, and well, uh, slippers might be handy when you don't have electricity. Well, I would think a nice pair of like Sorel insulated boots, but yeah. uh, yeah, <laughs> right. So, get ready. That's the moral of the story. It's the same moral every single Wednesday with JC Cole. We've successfully journeyed down the path connecting food producers to food consumers. We both remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Let's talk about another beef outfit in Nebraska. We're talking now about Cross Diamond Cattle Company. Scott and Kim Ford of Bertrand, Nebraska. We're just days away. This is hard to believe. December the 11th, the sale date, is just around the corner. And they're going to donate, once again, this year for the 14th consecutive year, 100% of the proceeds of the 21st, Lot 21, for the 21-gun salute to the All-American Beef Battalion. That's just what they've done. They've been givers their entire lives. They live their life of Christ. 
and it comes back to pay off. But it pays off for you, too, because the genetics simply get the job done. Selling 250 Red Angus bulls, 450 Red Angus influenced females. Get more details about the offering and the family. CrossDiamondCattle.com. That's CrossDiamondCattle.com. Scott and Kim Ford. I'll see you in Bertrand, December 11th.